Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Andy Frazier. Andy, are you ready to do this? I am super excited, George, and happy to be with your listeners today. Excellent. Let's do this. Andy is a CFP, a CLU, CHFCRICP, BFA, a CHSNC, and the CEO and editor-in-chief of My Worth. Excited to have you on. Those those designations are a mouthful, Andy, I, I got to say. Um, I think it's awesome. But tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, well, thanks, George. I, I'm a married mother of two. I'm sending my daughter off to college this week, so excited about that. My younger son's a sophomore in high school, and I live in New York with my high school sweetheart, who's my husband. And I've been in the financial business for over 25 years. And when I first started, I was working with clients and and advisors. And what I started to notice is that many people in traditional planning, especially, wasn't really taking into account the emotional factors that really play into our ability to make really strong financial decisions. And so I wanted to do things a little bit different and wanted to explore different parts of the industry. And so I left my practice and have over the last 20 plus years really developed an expertise in behavioral finance. And, you know, after kind of being in the industry for a while, I started to really witness how conventional wisdom about women and money was really flawed. It's not really that women's finances determine their self-worth, but more that a woman's sense of self-worth really determines her finance. So if you fast forward to today, I'm really making it my mission to use um, the MyWorth platform to break down the emotional, behavioral, and societal barriers that stand between women and their strong financial foundations. Well, I appreciate that. And you have a very, very accomplished background in the financial services industry, so certainly appreciate that. And 25 years and early on recognizing that a lot of the communication or the messaging that traditional personal finance was doing um, was missing the mark. And I certainly appreciate that. And I even I even see that a lot of that's true even still today. Um, so I appreciate everything that you're working on. So when you talk about, um, well, I guess, what would you say that, that people really need to know about your work? Well, I think the most important thing is to recognize that we make five or six financial decisions every day. Many of them are subconscious where, you know, buying coffee and buying lunch or making decisions about vacations and things we want to buy and things we want to do. And we're not really looking at a bigger picture. And so taking time to really pause and think about how you're spending money and whether or not you're spending is really a representation of what you truly hold to be valuable to you and your goals and the things that you want to achieve and and certainly not to wait until the last minute to make decisions. I think that's really 
important. And, you know, at My Worth, we talk a lot about the whole person really making financial decisions, that it's not just kind of a siloed event, that it's really a part of everyday life and certainly happens a lot of times during critical life moments. And when that comes about, sometimes if you haven't really taken time to understand your financial situation, it can be really challenging to do so in the middle of a opportunity or a crisis. So we encourage people to really get engaged um, at wherever they are and to start taking a look at that for themselves. Well, I think that that's really well said right there. And we, I, I, I talk and think about a lot about how important it is to to think about and spend time thinking about what it is that's most important to you to really clarify and crystallize what your personal values are and to make sure that, that your values are in line with the work that you're doing, the company that, 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 that you're working with. And so it sounds to me like everything that you're talking about, you're not just thinking and talking about um, investing or retirement. You are thinking and talking about all those things as well and not just looking at it from a siloed perspective. Absolutely. You know, even when you're younger, you may think, gosh, retirement is, you know, 30, 40, maybe even 50 years away. And so there's no real sense of urgency, perhaps, to take a look at that. But we spend a lot of money throughout our lifetime where, you know, maybe buying homes, buying cars, going on vacation, paying for college education for our children, um, making job decisions, especially millennials who are changing jobs more frequently than those of us of Generation X and higher. And so, as we go through life, we have to be paying attention to how we're spending money and how we're saving money. And much of that is a byproduct of the mindset that we formulate very early on in our lives. We're taught about money at an early age. We see and view how our parents and family members and friends spend money and save money and talk about money or, or don't talk about money. And those things have a really long lasting effect on our ability to create a mindset of abundancy versus scarcity and, and start to get engaged earlier on in life. That's really the trick, right? Is to, I think that, that many of us today, probably always, but many of us today have an intellectual understanding of all the things we probably should be doing with money but how we actually behave and the things we actually do can be very, very different. And with adults, we, we, we oftentimes need that light bulb moment to kind of switch on, right, before it, it really sinks in and I realize, okay, now it's really time for me to start doing this stuff. Absolutely. I think that you hit on something that's really important is aligning decisions with what we said was important and putting yourself in a position to where you can – have an awareness of how it and when it's happening. We go through life and we're busy. Everybody's got a million things going on. And with technology, we're on all the time. And so we get really kind of caught up in day to day. And we're not necessarily thinking about am is what I'm doing right now is how I'm spending my money really in alignment with what I said that I wanted. And so giving yourself permission to pause and then looking for the triggers that get your behavior off track of what you said you wanted to do and coming up with some plans around how do you address those triggers. So if you know you're trying to save for um, down payment on a house, as an example, and yet your friends are trying to get you to go places and do things with them, those are kind of triggering moments that you want to do those things. And so how do you 
create a dialogue that really establishes, I want to be a part of the group. I want to be able to go and do fun things with my friends, but I also have a longer goal that I'm trying to achieve. And being willing to talk about that with each other, I think is one of the biggest things that we could do is make money a more open conversation rather than a taboo subject. I think we talk about sex and politics more than we talk about money and it's time we change that. Yeah, yeah, I find uh, I I, <laughs> I find the switch to everybody talking about politics to politics be one of the worst thing that's ever happened. But anyway, <laughs> it's sort of a joke, but kind of not. Um, I, I think that that's so important. This to, to be able to be able to recognize those 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 triggering events, um, and, and then how that's influencing behavior. But then being able to talk about it or not talk about it, I, I think. What is the hang up? Is it fear that 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 people won't respond well to you being honest and say, hey, you know what? I, I really want to be able to go out for lunch today or brunch or go out for drinks, but that'll blow up my budget. And w- w- tell me a little bit about what why you think that there's apprehension. You know, I think there is something that we don't really want to maybe talk about and admit. And that is that there's a lot of shame around money. There's shame, perhaps, if you are well off or you've inherited money or maybe you've been very fortunate in whatever business you're in to be able to earn a lot of money. And so there's shame on that end. And then there's also shame when maybe you don't have enough and you don't have the resources and you're struggling to get by. And maybe your behavior hasn't been one that you're particularly proud of when it comes to money and, and everything in between. And sometimes I think the shame prevents us from having conversations with others about what's really going on. And I encourage people, you don't have to share how much you have in your bank account. You don't have to share how much you're struggling or how much you've been successful. But what you can talk about is your feelings around money and your beliefs about money and how you approach making financial decisions. And that can be a great way to start a conversation without having to share, you know, how much debt you have or, you know, how you're struggling to find a better paying job. You can not get into those specifics, but you can still have a really powerful, dynamic conversation with people to talk with them about how they were raised and what are their perceptions about money and how has that influenced their ability to look at money and, and their willingness to take action around it. And this isn't a matter of me striking up a conversation about money with the barista at my favorite coffee spot. Are we talking about family? Are we talking about good friends, coworkers? I think certainly that you want to have somewhat of a um, trusted space to have this conversation. We're finding a lot of women are really gathering together. There's involved in groups, whether it be through their work or through their friends or through their networks, and they're getting together and they're eating lunch and they're doing a lot of deep conversations are really happening around politics, about jobs, about career, about family rearing. And so this can be a great opportunity to talk about how the finances really play into that and where some of those beliefs come from. So certainly I think friends and and groups and people that you're connected with or networking with could be a great place to start would love for people to start talking about it more in their families, but recognize that that is where a lot of the shame really permeates from. And so it's somewhat challenging to maybe have some of those financial conversations with your family, but they're so needed because through my history of working with people and dealing with money, especially after the death of a patriarch or, um, you know, a family leading figure in the family, there's a lot of arguments and disagreements and, 
a breakdown around money. And it's just unfortunate that families tend to break apart because there hasn't been really great, strong dialogue about money and how that really um, should be handled, especially after the death of someone that's maybe leading the family. So I know those conversations can be tough, but it's taking a small baby step and bringing up the subject. And you don't have to say, hey, let's talk about your will, mom and dad. But you can say, you know, tell me a little bit about how you see your future playing out and how do you see that impacting me and your siblings and, and the rest. So it's about really taking a step back and not talking about specifics, but talking more about the feelings around money. I think that that's great. And I know on my worth, there's there's a ton of great information, but one of the one of the main sections talks about my cash, my career, my debt, my investments, and I think that there's looks like there's maybe 20 different topics. And so it seems to me that having a a more I guess broad-based conversation with a group of friends about, you know, how do you feel about your career right now? How do you feel about you know, um, you're, you're investing your relationships and how about your money too? That would make it easier than simply sitting down and talking about, you know, budgeting or something like that. Absolutely. I think, you know, because there is that financial shame that kind of hovers over us like a dark cloud, it's really awkward sometimes to feel like you can bring up the subject. But, you know, at my age, I'm in my late 40s and I'm starting to think about retirement. I'm starting to think about how things are going to be with my daughter leaving for college. It's, it's a new turn of life. And so it's usually these life triggering moments that cause opportunities for us to take a look at how are we doing financially. And so even if you bring up, you know, how are you addressing, you know, your kids going off to school or starting school or starting a new job? And do you have any concerns? What keeps you up at night? And really going in it from that perspective not so much where are you investing your money. Um, I think that that would be very helpful. There's literally hundreds of thousands of how-to books, podcasts, blogs. and sure. <laughs> I mean, about what to do with your money. Mm-hmm. Yet, still see people struggling every day with making good financial decisions. And this is both whether they're wealthy or whether they are not so fortunate. And I think that we have to be really straightforward to say there's something else going on. And a lot of that goes back to our mindsets, our feelings, and that financial shame. And the best way to really address it is to talk about it. Just like Brene Brown has brought to light discussions about vulnerability and shame, there's a specific aspect of that that we can relate to money. And I think that and that, that anybody, at least from my perspective and, and the smart people I pay attention to, anytime that somebody is vulnerable with me, I... I very much, I, I feel like I form a deeper relationship with them. I certainly don't look at them as as they're inadequate. Quite the opposite. I I look at them as having confidence to be able to share, and it strengthens our relationship. And so, the more people can can be open about that, I think the better. Absolutely, it takes a lot of courage to share, and I think you have to also. Um, just as Brene Brown talks about in some of her books, you have to know who your circle is and who you can trust. And so doing so with close friends or people that you are connected with and and take it really slow in the beginning and see how people respond. I've been doing a lot of listening tours around the country where I go in with small groups of women and I'm bringing up the conversations of tell me a little bit about, you know, how you grew up thinking about money? What was your first money memory? And many times the conversations kind of go from there and they're not talking about specifics about like where and how to invest, but they're really focusing on the things that are preventing them from taking action around their money and how to break free of that. Got it. Well, I appreciate that very much. So 
you've 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 been very very successful in 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 your work professionally it sounds like you've got a great relationship you've been married to your high school sweetheart for 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 some time you've got a daughter going out to college and i'm sure your son's a great guy do you have certain habits that 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 you found have helped you to be successful in managing every aspect of your life well i definitely feel like i um, am ambitious and i don't sit around thinking about what I have to do. I just do the very next thing that is on my to-do list. And so I think sometimes, you know, Mel Robbins talks about the five, four, three, two, one. When I got out of bed this morning, that's exactly what I thought about. (laughs) I got to do the five second roll and get out of bed. But sometimes doing things that we want to do instead of just having them on some random to-do list, it's just carving it out and getting it done and not spending too much time thinking about all the reasons we don't want to do something. Um, I'm certainly organized and have through the years been very successful at multitasking, but I can tell you that I'm finding there's so much stimulation out there that I'm beginning to start to focus only on one thing at a time so that I can really dedicate my full attention to that. And so that's really been something else that I've done. And I love learning, as you can see with all my designations. So um, I'm constantly just looking at ways that I can grow and improve. I think when you stop growing and you start looking for how you can do something better, then then you kind of start to regress. And so constantly challenging yourself on what's the next thing you can learn and what's the next thing that you can develop about your own self and be willing to take a really hard look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, life is a funny thing and, and people are funny people or people are funny things as well. And we've been talking about how imperative it is to be in touch with the way that you feel around certain things and at the same time, it can also be true that we also sometimes need to to remove our feelings and emotions and just take action on things and, and get started. Like same experience for me this morning. You know, the alarm went off and I did not necessarily feel like getting out of bed, but I know that I, I had to. So I just I just jumped out of bed. Yep, absolutely. I think that you're right about aligning. You know, we talk about this with even money, aligning your values and your goals and then your actions. But it's the actions that really derail a lot of people. And so I think there is a time when you need to just get into action and do something. And sometimes a little small action can be just the catalyst for greater and bigger actions later on that really drive you. So you don't have to do something grand to start off with. Start slow, take the first step, and then scale up from there. I love it. Well, Andy, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? So my difference-making tip is when it comes to money and you're spending money, the very first thing that I challenge you to do is to really become aware of when that's happening. And once you become aware, acknowledge how you're thinking, feeling, and what you're doing about money, and then see if that aligns with what you said was really important to you, your values, those deep values. And if it is, great, take action. If not, then it's a time for you to really um, maybe alter what you are going to be spending that money on so that you can achieve the objectives that you've set out for yourself. So having being aware certainly is the first thing. And then um, affirm what you said was important and then align and take action. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. Andy, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, they can go to myworthfinance.com and subscribe there to be on our list to get all great content that's really pertinent to them. And then they can follow us on Facebook and we're on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. 
and engage with us on Facebook. We have a great community, uh, private kind of group there called the Money Mindset, where we're really having some really deep conversations about your mindset about money. So I encourage all the listeners to join us there for some premium content. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show on to your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to myworthfinance.com. Uh, go join the group on Facebook. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter. I'll list all that in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Andy. Thanks so much, George, for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!